Warning, the Stone Age Gamer includes a lot of bad language. Cover your motherfucking ears. Good evening and welcome to the Stone Age Gamer Podcast. I am Chris Randazzo and joining me tonight is multi-directional overdue email response, Dan Ryan. <laughs> multi-directional from le- was last week, week's notes. Let's try that again. Uh, overdue email response, Dan Ryan. Under-edited opening paragraph, Dan Ryan. <laughs> there have been some considerable behind-the-scenes changes in the last week Jesus. or so. And in order to keep that transition smooth, we're recording a shorter catch-up episode before we get to trivia proper. Pontificate the futility of dedicated websites, because the Stone Age Gamer podcast starts now. Oh, that was so inside baseball, Jesus. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is episode 426, it is the week of September 2nd, 2022, and uh, we've got some some stuff going on, Dan. We do, we do. First of all though, I need, I I have a a serious um, question to ask you. I'm not sure if you've, uh, did you hear, um, have you heard anything at all about the the cross-eyed circumcisionist? No, can't no? say I have. No, it's uh, he got the sack. <laughs> I heard that today and went, Yeah, I gotta bring that to everybody. That's the kind of content that they're gonna pay for. That's right. That's right. Oh, we should uh, add that as a tier. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Fucking a try not to laugh tier. I'm into that. Uh, all right. So speaking uh, yeah. of tears, the uh, we've had a couple of big things going on behind the scenes, and one of the biggest ones uh, has to do with our Patreon. So, uh, Geekade is part. Of, uh, sorry, the Strange Gamer Podcast is part of uh, Geekade.com. It's uh, the Geekade Podcast Network. Now we've been running Geekade uh, out of our pockets for well as long as Geekade's been around, like seven or eight years now, I think. Yeah, and, it, it a lot longer than it seems like. Yeah, or feels like, but it's been a, a, a while. Yeah, it's it, it's we've been at this for a while, and um, it is not free to to run a website. It's not insanely expensive, but it's not free. And um, over the years, various members of Geekade have you know fronted various costs, uh, and we're at a point right now where we're trying to examine how to how to try and offset those costs because you know life is what it is and the responsible thing to do would be to try and you know see if we see what we can do here (laughs) so we have a patreon we mentioned it at the end of every episode for the last couple of years and we've done exactly fuck all with said patreon (laughs) (laughs) just give us money because you like us which shockingly enough chris and i have to say as I sit here in my uh, in the Jose Canseco Executive Annex, uh, in on a on a balmy, I think would be the nicest way to describe this fucking shit show of a day that this weather has been. And tomorrow's going to be worse. Uh, as I sit here in in these surrounding circumstances, uh, quite shocked, literally, that us doing nothing, fuck all, as you say, has resulted in. Not a ton of traction. Shocked. 
Not Frank. a ton. Uh, up until April of this year, we had three patrons mm. that were giving just purely out of the niceness of their hearts. Uh, we're down to two, but uh, we're hoping that we can change that. We've revamped our Patreon entirely from the ground up, and now, while we're not offering, let's say, crazy awesome rewards, we're offering actual rewards. Uh, there are currently two tiers that are available. Uh, let's let's see if I can look this up here. Um, we have the seven hundred and fifty-eight dollar tier, which gets the you thing where I can nothing. look at. All right, the tiers. We have the level one tier, and that is one dollar per month. That's all it is. That's all we're asking. One dollar per month. This is uh, kind of the goodwill tier, except all it also gets you a look at our monthly podcast schedule. Now, that's not just like we're going to record these podcasts this month. Uh, the actual schedule is breaking down what we are going to be podcasting about. So all of the uh, topics for all of the podcasts that we're recording that month uh, and when those podcasts are scheduled to release, you get the information about that at the beginning of every month. So um, we're still working with Right now, this is the stuff that is uh, that I'm directly involved in, so it's very easy for me to find this information because these are all <laughs> podcasts that I do directly. Uh, we have three other podcasts: uh, Sparkcast, uh, Weekend Rental, and the SNES podcast that I'm not directly involved in, and I don't have their monthly schedules yet. But I reached out to them earlier the uh, earlier today to see if we can get them involved in this email as well. But regardless. Uh, all the information that that there is to know about the Strange Age Gamer podcast, this week's episode, which is our TV show podcast, Wave Back, which is my uh, video game music podcast, A Theater Near You, which is the uh, Geekade movie podcast that I do with my friends Paul and Sean, and the new music podcast, which I have affectionately named Turning Tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because why not make a why not make a bad joke uh, as part of your I, podcast name? If you have the option to make a bad joke, that's the always, option you should go with. Always take that option. Uh, and that one is me and Matt Ramo uh, gathering together monthly to talk about various bands. Uh, so that that's that's the breakdown on what the one dollar tier gets you. Um, I'm just being told now that if we want to mention requests from the audience, Angie uh, is uh, uh, volunteering to draw some coloring pages for the Patreon that are Stone Age Gamer themed. If you want, uh, we'll work out details on all that jazz. Uh, this is this is the starting line for us. We are if we build some sort of Patreon audience and it is still doable for us. We would like to offer occasional other things as well. But the baseline right now, $1 a month gets you access to what our podcast episodes are going to be. And if you have thoughts on what those uh, things are, like right now for this month, we're pretty well planned out. But a lot of months, Dan and I are going to be like, and we don't have anything planned for this week or these two weeks. You are welcome to chime in and say, I'm a patron. You should do this. And then we will. And because you pay us, we will. <laughs> we, we will. <laughs> the other tier that we offer is the $3 tier, and that is the level two $3 tier. This gets you the exciting one. Uh, it gets you the, the monthly schedule, but it also gets you early access to all of our podcasts, uh, all the podcasts that I mentioned. Um, 
We still don't have it worked out with the scheduling with the other three podcasts, SparkCast, Weekend Rental, and the SNES podcast. So we haven't figured out how to do early access for those. But for Stone Age Gamer, uh, Wave Back, uh, Stone Age Gamer, this week's episode, Wave Back, uh, Turning Tracks in a Theater Near You, you would get early access to all of our episodes. Now, because we're changing our recording schedule... Uh, Dan and I are going to start recording the show on Fridays uh, instead of Mondays, and then the episodes that record on Fridays will post regularly the following Fridays. So new episodes are still going up on Fridays. We're recording an extra one this week, which is the one we're recording right now, so that you guys don't actually miss out on a week of episodes. So this episode's going to go up on the 2nd, but then our next episode will go up on the 9th, and so and so and so forth. But... If you go but, for the three dollar, uh, the three dollar a month tier, you get all of the shows early. So, Stone Age Gamer, you would get on Tuesdays instead of Fridays. Um, the uh, this week's episode, Wave Back, Turning Tracks, and uh, Theater New You all go live on Wednesdays. But if you're patrons, those all go live on Mondays. So you get two days early on those, and a couple of well, four days early on Stone Age Gamer. And those are the two tiers that we have. We appreciate anything that anyone can give. Uh, we've made the tiers pretty much as low as Patreon allows us to. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that is kind of where we're at with the Patreon. So, yeah. Yeah, and and that's where we're at for now. Like, Chris and I have talked about, Tiff and I have talked about, uh, you know, I have other friends that I've talked to about trying to do other things. It is it is difficult, um, just with our lives and our work and all of those things in general to to try and find times to uh, you know get more stuff out there, right? Mm-hmm. Chris is you're now doing four podcasts, which is absurd. Um, although it's like it's like three and a half, like because two of them are with Matt, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's like no you know like I'm you're doing, doing two four, a week that's that's the aim two a week two a week right and then I've talked to Tiff we've got some ideas percolating I've got some ideas with my other friend named Chris I'm just gonna do podcasts with people named Chris I think <laughs> is what it is that's we've been talking we've been talking for a while now about trying to do something with horror movies and after this movie I watched that we'll talk about later, I was like, well, I gotta fucking talk about this with somebody, and my buddy Crispy, that I have been friends with uh, for a very long time, um, we're kind of kicking, so, like, we're trying to do this, but we want to first see, like, is there interest in more stuff, you know, from us? You know, are you guys interested in in uh, potential uh, coloring pages from Angie? Are you interested in Tiff and I recording like a half hour, she tells a true crime story and I play a video game. Like, they are so popular on YouTube right now as girls uh, putting on their makeup while talking about some true crime shit. What if we did that, uh, a blending of the two? You know, a true crime story for the ladies and a video game, me playing whatever for the boys, you know, to be completely sexist and old about it. Um, you know, just, uh, yeah extra stuff like a few weeks ago we had that 
extra that Marvel long Marvel conversation talk, like yeah. that we threw at the end and like some of our listeners thought that was neat some of our listeners like thanks for putting it at the end because I don't care that kind of stuff we'll probably wind up throwing in the Patreon going forward as like here's some bonus content for all of our patrons whatever tier you are uh, that kind of thing um, yeah. so really whatever you can give is appreciated not to come off as too beggy or anything like that we're just letting everybody know that we put the effort in and we're going to try and keep this stuff going forward and if you want the episodes early this is uh how you do it also to start the early episodes we're doing youtube links now that's probably not the preferred method for everybody so if you do sign up to that tier let us know what your preferred method of getting the episodes would be because right. there are so many different podcatchers out there and finding the right way to get the most people early access is not super easy. So right now the easiest thing for us to do is to just schedule the YouTube thing to be private until it goes public on the Friday where it would normally go live. That's the easiest thing for us, but we certainly don't mind changing that if people actually want us to so uh if people sign <laughs> yeah. up for the early access and they're like well i'd rather not do youtube i'd rather do stitcher i don't know uh whatever <laughs> else uh we'll 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 try to accommodate that to the best of our ability so this is us learning this is us getting started uh and hopefully it builds from there and that is all i'm gonna say about the patreon for now for now for now so, really, what, what what we're trying to do is, I think, um, keep us as ad-free as possible. Um, you know, like, we, we've dabbled in ads before, you know, and they would certainly help. And we could certainly, we have a big enough audience, and we could certainly seek those things out and uh, put the work into it. But I, they annoy me when I'm listening to a podcast. You know, and now a word from manscaped.com. Are your balls a fucking mess? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Which maybe that would be a good selling ad for them. I don't know. Are your balls just a shit show? Like, like, dear God, what? What? Wow. Man, fix it. Manscaped, right? Like that. <laughs> Fix that shit. <laughs> just, just stop it. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> or like, quip. You want Chris and I talk to you, talking to you about brushing your fucking teeth? I don't think you want that. I don't. I'm, I'm happy to promote the stuff that we do on Geek Aid and hopefully make this as self-sufficient as possible. That's right. That's right. DIY, uh, baby. Yeah. That's what we're doing. And, like, here's the thing. We love you. And you love us. And we appreciate that you say you love us, but we need you to show that you love us. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you don't need to do any of this stuff. The most no, obvious Chris, thing that I, I can't possibly up. stress this enough, this podcast will remain free forever. Forever. Yeah. None, of the, none of this is a requirement. Nope. Everything is going to stay exactly the way it was if you don't sign up for the Patreon. That, that's, that is definite. We're not, we're, we're not going to gate uh, content behind things, except for maybe those extended talks 
because only half our audience really gives a crap about that kind of yeah. stuff. But really, the, the YouTube episodes, the, the the podcasts coming out when they're coming out, that's the shows are coming back from summer hiatus. They're probably going to go on hiatus again next summer because that's just the way life goes. But that's all going to happen on the regular schedule of them uh, releasing on Wednesdays. And uh, just the early access is just there as a bonus for patrons. All the content is still available for free. That's not That's changing. Right. That's except things are going to get spoiled for you. Somebody's going to say something in the Discord, <laughs> and you're going to be pissed because you didn't listen early. And that, frankly, is on you at this point. We've given you the opportunity. We've opened the door. Will you walk through it? Well, one way to find out. <laughs> All right, I'll shut up. All right. With that, uh, we have some listener mail that I. Uh, didn't get to because i suck mm-hmm. <laughs> terrible horrible yes. person so uh a few weeks ago jamie hill wrote us and i responded that we would uh uh get back to him on it and then we didn't actually no i didn't respond to him i meant to respond to him that we would get back to him on it and apparently i didn't do that either that's even because worse I, because i'm awesome and then he sent a, a follow-up email so uh jamie hill let's uh let's talk about your emails um it was a pretty long one, but you know what? It doesn't look too long not on my phone. So I think, I think let's, <laughs> let's, let's bust through this thing, all right? Jamie Hill writes, Hey, Dan and Chris. All right, hey, Chris and Dan. Uh, this email is inappropriate long, and for that I apologize. No apology necessary. I tried to break it up well. Feel free to read as little or as much as you like on the show as well. I'm reading it all, baby. That's right. Uh, I hope the panel we, went well this week. No, weekend. just it the did. tip here. We go all the way in. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing the episode. <laughs> I wish I could have been there live. If you guys ever did an official live meetup, I'd buy a plane ticket. Well, that's good to know. Um, I'd love to do a live meetup someday. Uh, I would, too. Put that on the I'm list. In, I'm into that. Be very sexy. All right. Number one, N64 $100 buyer's guide. All right. I know this is late, but damn it. I was so looking forward to it. I can't not send it in. The N64 was the first new console my friends and I played when I was little. I'm 29. So I have a lot. Wow. You're so much younger than us. God, <laughs> so, so much. So I have a lot of nostalgia for it and actually just got my EverDrive 64 in the mail. Congratulations, which I'm really excited to try out. Okay. Here's my recommendations. I'm routing, rounding prices to make it easier. Ocarina of Time, 33 bucks. I can't not have it. It's one third of the budget. And if you only played this and two other games, I'd say it's money well spent. Yeah, we can get behind that. Yeah. GoldenEye 007, 25 bucks. <clears throat> Normally, I would say this is an ass of a pick, but I recently <laughs> left my old company, and they had a sending away party where one of my friends broke out his EverDrive 64, an upscaler, hooked it up to one of those 75-inch screens, and 8 to 10 of us played 4-player GoldenEye for over 2 hours. Yes, it was horrible, but damn if we didn't have so much fun, and toward the end, we actually were able to get the hang of it again. That's pretty awesome. And Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Wave Race 64, 12 bucks. Very fun four-player racer that runs really smoothly at 60 frames per second on the N64. I love Wave Race 64. I freaking love that game. It's so good. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then Mario Golf, 30 bucks. Very fun golf game. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, that brings me to $100, and in my opinion, if you throw in a couple of Pizza Hut pizzas and cases of beer, you're in for a really fun night with friends, minus Ocarina of Time. You play that hungover the next day by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just all sad. Oh, my head hurts. <sighs> I played through um, a lot of Twilight Princess uh, with food poisoning, so 
Mm. You're not wrong. It's 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 a good game for. It's also a good game playing for playing around other people who are hungover. Like I played through a, the bulk of the back half of Wind Waker for the first time with my friend John passed out on the couch. Hmm. Good times. John Wentz, good man. <laughs> yeah, good he's alright. So and yeah, thorough. that's a solid list. I uh, I, appro- I approve. Well done. Okay, number yeah, two. Yeah, no, that, that's a great uh, Goldeneye, man. Like, has to be there. Has to be there. Yeah, I went with the perfect dark, but I, I, I approve. I approve and appreciate the the Goldeneye. I think that's an excellent list. I mean, this list includes Wave Race, so, you know, color me happy. He's playing to our strengths. He is. <laughs> playing the host. All right, number two, I found this one pretty interesting. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> on last week's episode Dan said he tried out Valhalla and hated it he asked if any fans who loved the series to write in and explain what's fun about it because he doesn't get it as a longtime fan of the series and having played each one although few to completion I can confidently say you started with one of the bottom three games in the series <laughs> Valhalla Ooh. takes way too long to get you into the fun bits of the game and even then it falls short of the series highs for me I would categorize Assassin's Creed games into three buckets. Stealth, action RPG, and open world RPGs. Number one, Assassin's Creed 2007 through Revelations 2011 fall under the original stealth formula and peaked with Brotherhood, in my opinion. They were linear, story-based stealth games. Okay, see that? That's what I thought Assassin's Creed was. Me These too. These other two categories are all new to me. <laughs> I thought they were all doing the stealth game thing. Assassin's Creed 3 2012 through Syndicate 2015 make up the action RPG and Black Flag is the uncontested champion in this group. I have heard that. And they were taking cues from games like GTA and Skyrim and adding more areas to explore that turned out to be really empty and time-consuming, but not fun but not fun with the exception of Black Flag that managed to do really cool boat stuff. There's n- these are no one's favorites except Black Flag. <laughs> I like I like really cool boat stuff as an episode title. By the way, I was literally Just... writing that down as you said that. Man, it's to do really cool boat stuff. I have also done really cool boat stuff, but that will be on the Patreon tier. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Fifty dollar a month tier. That's cool right. boat stuff with Dan. <laughs> I'm easy. I have fifty bucks. That's fine. I've performed for less. Uh, number three, the modern day games: Origins seventeen, Odyssey eighteen, and Valhalla twenty, are the new breed of AC games with the open world RPG formula. I believe Odyssey is the best Assassin's Creed game personally, and I know is. And I know is help is high is held. There it is. I know it is held in high regard by almost all fans of the series. If it put you in a beautiful, interesting open world in the middle of the Peloponnesian War, I can't remember the last time I saw that word written out. (laughs) I was wondering if you were going to get there. 
uh, with a badass protagonist. The story is above average for an open-world game, but the real kicker that keeps us all coming back to this version of AC games is the feel of combat, which still allows for completely stealthy gameplay, my personal choice, mixed with that RPG hook of leveling. Raiding forts and taking down district leaders is so fucking fun, I would literally stay up till 3 to 4 in the morning with work the next day because I couldn't stop. It's the same mechanic over and over again. Scout the, scout the location, plan your attack, go stealthy on those motherfuckers. Hero <laughs> MFers, but I'm I'm saying it. Actually, That's really right. similar to Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 5, if you think about it, except the story makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how dare you? Mate, I still you doubt just, you, you just don't the get games, it. You but just hopefully don't get that it. makes it clear why the rest of us love them. That does actually clear things up quite a bit. I like the, the uh, that these are no one's favorite games. <laughs> I forget what there was one that I played. I don't think it's Black Flag. It's the was one, it the third one, the third one that where had you're the like, boat stuff, but not all the boat stuff. I think so. Yeah, I think I, Assassin's Creed Three was the one that like introduced boats, and people were like, "Yo, that's awesome! You should make a whole game about that." And they were like, "Yeah." <laughs> it was it was so- the Revolutionary War one, and I was really really excited for it. And I remember I got it from, like, Gamefly or something back when I was living in Texas. And I tried to play through it, and I got to a part where I had to talk to a guy. Except the guy didn't spawn. Like, the game glitched. And I was, like, two hours or something into the game. And it it was either, like, talk to a guy or get a key from a guy. It was some shit. Like, there there was a, a block on progression. There was literally no way through the game unless this happened. And it glitched. And, like, I looked it up, and I was like, maybe I'm just a fucking idiot, and I can't find where homie is to give me the key or to do the thing. I think it was something like with a stable, something. I, that sounds right, but I could be totally wrong. Um, and like, I tried to reload the game and I tried, like, I deleted my save and then downloaded a cloud save to like, and I just couldn't get past it. And from like, I just, I just gave up because it wasn't that good to begin with. I just didn't have much else to play at the time. And I was like, I really want to like this revolutionary war. Like, I love that period of history. I love learning about it. This seems like a really cool thing to do. And I just I fucking haven't liked one since. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try this. Uh, Origins is the one we said that Jamie says is the one that's great. I don't want to stay up till three or four Odyssey. in the morning. Odyssey, okay. So that was twenty eighteen. Peloponnesian War. I like uh, that. That's Make the sure thing it's about Assassin's these games, Creed like, and not Super Mario though, because <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey is a very different game. I think you'll like it, but it's a very different game. There's a plumber. Nothing to do with the Peloponnesian War. Not scouting locations. Jamie lied to me. You gotta get pretty far into it to get to the Peloponnesian War. Super Mario Lost. Fuck. Oh, goodness. All right. Number three. Favor from Dan. I am sure... Yeah, this one is super illegal. Okay. I don't know if there's a way around it, but it is currently super illegal. I'm a self-described chubby guy. Like uh, I'm sure as a self-described chubby guy like myself, you can appreciate a good pretzel. Obviously. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love pretzels. I mean, oh I... Oh, God. God, pretzels are good. Soft pretzels? Like, are you fucking kidding me? You can just go get those. 
Like, you don't have to do anything extra. You just walk into a store and buy one. It's fucking wild. What a world we live in. I know you love beer, so I have a proposition. (laughs) Annie Ann's teamed up with the Evil Genius Brewery and made a pretzel beer. Pause for impact. Here's the link. (laughs) Obviously, I have to have this, but they only distribute in the Northeast, and I'm in Nashville. If you have a store near you that sells these, I would love to send you the money for at least two cases plus shipping, and if you keep one of them. Let me know if that sounds fair to you. Is it illegal to mail beer? Oh, God, yeah. You are not allowed to send alcohol. People do it all the time. Um, (laughs) Tiff, but you're not allowed. You're not, you're definitely not allowed to do it. Um, and I, I forget there's some sort of draconian bullshit law about it that, that prevents it, but you are, you are really not supposed to, um, people do it all the time. Tiff won't let me. (laughs) I've asked, she's like, are you fucking no? And she gets mad every time I bring it up. But what I will do. What I will do because I have everybody around me sells Evil Genius. I can I can walk down literally at the end of my block is a liquor store that sells Evil Genius. I will definitely get this beer, um, and I will hold it until we can meet up somewhere. And I don't know when or what or how that is going to happen, but I will definitely get some. Because I'm definitely going to get some. It's a pretzel Oktoberfest. Are you fucking kidding me? Of course I have to. I have to have that. Have to. Evil Genius makes good shit. And they have really good, like, names for their beers. They're fun. They they feel like... Pretzels is a weird pretzel to team up with. I don't know much about beer, but I know Annie Ann pretzels are very distinct. They're not like what I think of when I think of a... Right, they're. I was going to say greasy, but yeah, buttery is the right word. They're yeah, very, go very with buttery. buttery. That pretzels. sounds better. It's um, they're, they're very delicious. They're very much an Amish style pretzel, um, which I have my issues with them. Um, <laughs> you know, based on the uh, well, just everything about the way they treat animals. Um, but fuck if they don't make a good pretzel. I like a big, big thick German style. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Das Wiener. Just, yes. All right, number four. Question for That's Chris. right, just go right past Let's that just one. Gonna keep on, keep on rolling. <laughs> Since you're selling off some of your stuff, I'm in the market for a CIB copy of Zelda 1, Zelda 2, and A Link to the Past. I actually have all three games already, but need the box and manuals and inserts. I would love to do a deal if you have extras around. I would also love to look over a list of boxes you have for N64 games as well. All right, so... Selling off my collection. I am selling off very specific parts of my collection that don't mean anything to me. So clearly, pretty much everything Zelda-related is staying here. That's right. Um, I don't I don't think I have any spare Zelda stuff anymore. I had a spare um, Majora's Mask box and manual, but I sold that a couple of months back. I think that was it for uh, Zelda stuff. Um, I don't have many N64 boxes left. Uh, I didn't. That was probably this one of the smaller categories that I got from uh, my Funko Land before I left, and I think I might have a couple, but those have seemed to, those seem to have sold pretty quickly. Um, but mm-hmm. if I have any, anything left, I will send you a list. Uh, I should have them all. They're all pretty well organized. I also have a bunch of console boxes. 
uh, that I'm going to start looking through soon. I'd like to do a, another convention in the not too distant future, and I want to bring along uh, some of the console boxes and thin out some of the other stuff in my collection that doesn't mean much to me so that I can replace it with stuff that does. Um, I haven't quite figured out what that all means to me yet, but there's still a lot of stuff floating around in my house. I have a lot of extra consoles, too, uh, in various working orders. Like, I just sold off all of my Commodore stuff that I've been sitting on for like 20 years. I've just been sitting on this uh, massive Commodore collection that uh, just doesn't mean anything to me. I have no connection to it. There were a couple of neat pieces in there that I thought were really cool, but I sold all the games to somebody uh, and... I just sold the hardware uh, last weekend as well. So mm. I have a bunch of systems. Like I know I have way more televisions than I'll ever need. <laughs> I have uh, <laughs> a couple of Sega CD systems that are just like, I mean, so back from the days we worked at Funko Land and they would be like, yo, do you take Sega CDs and trade in? I'm like, no. Like, all right, can you nope. throw that out for me? Yes. yes. <laughs> I definitely I will, I will throw, throw away that away at home. Um, so there are various. In my trade. I have to figure out how to get them all, you know, working and whatnot, and yeah, just uh, there's there's work to do. But I have stuff to sell, and I will let you know what I have, uh, in general. So let's see. So uh, no, no, go ahead. Uh, I, I just looked it up. Nashville is 11 hours away from us, Chris. So I feel like there's got to be a convention somewhere in Virginia that makes ses- sense for sess, uh, whatever that is. God, I'm tired. Um, that makes sense for us to drive to and Jamie to drive to so I can give him beer. We'll figure that out. We will put some effort into that when we're not quite so tired. <laughs> That's right. There's got to be something. There's got to be something. There's got to be a the way ri- to there, The Richmond RetroCon? If there's not a fucking Richmond RetroCon, we're going to start one. It's Richmond's a dope city. Rest of Virginia, it's a little sketchy. Richmond, fucking great. I like the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's full of crabs. I mean, anyway, we're not going to the Carolinas because <laughs> only terrible people live there. <laughs> Ouch! Right. All right, uh, number five. A Sorry, pod only quest terrible quest- people move there. Podcast question for you both. With Chris selling off parts of his collection recently, it made me wonder: what is the absolute last thing either of you would sell from your game game slash gaming collection? Like, kid needs a heart transplant, and you're still thinking you might suck dick under the bridge before you sell this. <laughs> for me, it's either my Wind Waker HD Wii U CIB. I have a strange attachment to my Wii U collection, mostly because I believe it will be the stupid expensive one day, and that's my main Zelda machine. Good points. Uh, my complete mm-hmm. CIB Zelda Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance collection, or my DK Banana N64 controller with the banana sleeve my wife got me for my birthday or first year of marriage. Oh, that's wonderful. That's pretty oh, great. Oh, boy. Man, um... The last thing I would sell out of my video game collection, as pitifully small as it truly is, is probably... I, it's not even a game that's worth anything. And that's, like, the craziest part about it. It's sentimental to me because it just brought me so much joy and and people into my life uh, that are still very near and dear to me now. But that's the fucking Neversoft Spider-Man game for PS One. Like yeah. I know that's not I know that's not the answer that anybody would probably make in this. 
Like, I would sell Mega Man 1 through 6 NES with the fucking bitboxes way before I would sell that game. You yeah, know? I think uh, that's an it's an interesting that, question. That's the sentimental one. You know, because the ones that have monetary value, well, those are the ones that are going to go first. You know, <laughs> yeah. like I, if, if it comes to keeping my kids alive. Yeah, like, but that's the later thing that Higane, the stuff that has deuces. Yeah, like the things that have a lot of monetary value are not necessarily the things that mean the most to me. Like, I, my original Atari 2600 Junior, my first video game console ever. Yeah. I wouldn't sell that. It's not worth anything. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of hard. It, 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 it doesn't really go to like kid needs a heart transplant thing but as far as like if I needed to sell off stuff I can't see myself selling my original 2600 Junior I just I love that thing so much it's where video games came from for me um, Yeah, I think that I think it kind of speaks to us as collectors though Chris like you and I are collectors of things um, that bring us joy not that we're going to turn around and sell you know, exactly. I think a lot of I, I think a lot of our listeners fall into that same category. You know, I don't think we're, like we're not the Stone Age Scalper podcast. Like, I mean, I think you got. I think everybody should order two of each thing from Limited Run Games and then fucking flip them because you can feed your own collection that way. <laughs> um, but that's just like I don't even see that as necessarily like the worst thing in the world. It's just taking advantage of other scalpers at the moment. And, like, even that has died down to a bit. You know, like, yeah, the, the yeah. newer stuff, you're not... It, it's... Scalpers are getting out of the collectibles uh, stuff as far as, like, video games and stuff are concerned and are, and are heading back to cards, mostly. Um, you know, but there's still some scalpers that you can take advantage of. And any day you can fuck over a scalper is a really good day, It's in a my really opinion. good day, yeah. Yeah, like, you've done the Lord's work that particular day like i mean there's uh, the things that mean the most sentimentally to me like um my zelda watch uh ferg gave that to me and that means the world to me like it was one of the last things i needed to complete my zelda collection and i've always wanted one since i was a kid and then ferg just gives this thing to me and it's i, I adore it my wii u I will never get rid of my Wii U, no matter what, yeah. because that my friends bought that for me because I made the decision that we couldn't Not afford to it. Get it. Like yeah. I said, I'm going to skip this one at launch because we need the money for you know our kid. And my <laughs> wife life. was like, "This will not stand. You have to have the new Nintendo console." So she behind my back raised money with all my friends to get me a Wii U on launch day, and then I came home from work because I worked launch day so I wouldn't have to think about it and I came from work and all my friends were there uh, with Wii U and we hooked it up and we played Nintendo Land and Scribble Knots all night it was fan-freaking-tastic yeah, I, I, I feel the same way about the PS5 right? like you guys did that for me that's still incredibly touching and humbling and, and all of those things uh, the Atari catalog the the catalog that came with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred games, I, I mean, they're worth they're worthless. They're everywhere. I would never get rid of. I have one that's in really good shape. I'll never ever ever get rid of it. I still look at that and I feel like a kid when I'm looking at it. It's just like yeah, it's it's pure freaking magic. Just love it to death. 
so yeah that kind of stuff like my my Zelda collection I would hate 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 to see that stuff go um I'd be willing to sell it for like my kids lives because I know it's worth money but the stuff that doesn't have enough uh, monetary value like it it makes that decision a lot easier but those are the things in my collection that mean the most to me that would would kill me the most to have to get rid of yeah that's a great uh, question though yeah very very good question uh let's see two follow-up notes uh one as uh as the 10 20 30 episodes come out tomorrow this was sent on august 25th it got me looking around and saw the wii u celebrates 10 years in november a retrospective episode would be pretty cool you're not wrong and if you were a patron (laughs) we might make that shit happen i'm gonna go ahead and uh pencil that down somewhere and hopefully not forget jamie send us another email or something closer to November because I'm going to forget that shit. I'm going to try Along not to, with a dollar. but like, just, just give us a reminder on that. All yeah, right, number two, good. I got a PS5 a few months ago and finally got to play through The Last of Us Part 2. I thought it was absolutely amazing. Incredible follow-up to the original. I don't remember Dan sharing his opinion on the game, but I would love to hear his thoughts on the remake of Part 1 coming out next month. Are you going to pick it up? I plan on playing through it and then doing the second playthrough on Part 2 Hope you guys have a great weekend. Love the panel last week. Jamie H. That's right. This was a second email. So yeah. <laughs> he mentioned the panel before, and then he sent the email the week later. And that was that. So, Dan, talk to me about Last of Us. Um, I am legitimately excited for the Last of Us remake. Um, I do not love the Last of Us games the way I love the Uncharted games. Um. The Last of Us are really, really good, but they're so fucking sad. They're <laughs> just so <laughs> sad. I mean, they're great. They're great. The storytelling is incredible. I'm very excited for the show that's coming out with Pedro Pascal. I, I think it looks incredible. I think they're they're nailing. Uh, uh, fuck, have you seen like the comparison pictures that they're doing? Like the scenes are are spot on. It's it's awesome. Um, but it the first time I played through it. Um, it was really hard because when the the original Last of Us came out, oh god, what year? I'm, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. Um, but the original Last of Us came out uh, pretty early on when the girls were born. Okay, so yeah that that game came out in 2013. So my kids were four when that came out. And having daughters, the way that that game starts out, was like, oh, God, I don't fucking need to do this to myself. Because um, it's just very sad at the beginning. Um, so then I, I kind of put it down originally and then played through the the remake, um, the first remake, or remaster, whatever the hell we're calling it, um, when it came out. And it, it's it's really good. It's just, it's a really, really solid game. I have not played through The Last of Us Part Two. Oh. I, well, I that explains why I haven't talked about it. I, yeah, I just haven't played through it. Um, I'm sure it's great. Naughty Dog does not make bad video games. Um, I have been, and maybe wrongly or rightly, I have associated that game franchise with just being super duper sad and I haven't been super into the idea of playing through super sad 
recently. I that being said, I definitely want to pick this uh, this this new one up. The the things that they're doing with it, I think, just look absolutely incredible. Um, and uh, you know, I, I want them to just continue. I want this to be the Grand Theft Auto Five of Sony franchises. I want this the the picture that somebody posted in our Discord today of what we grew up playing. What our grandkids grew up playing, and it was still Grand Theft Auto Five. Like that's just fucking funny. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Well, with that, uh, thank you, Jamie, for writing in. I hope we answered all of your questions to your satisfaction. And we are going to take ourselves a quick break. When we come back, we are going to uh, do our usual routine of talking about what we've been up to, and then we're going to call it a night because. Uh, well, Dan's tired, I'm tired, and we're going to record another episode on Friday. So. Yeah, you guys are asking a lot. <laughs> You're listening to the Stone Age Gamer Podcast from geekhate.com. Stick around. And now, here's a quick look at some of the other original content available now from our partners and geekhate.com. Alright, now for real. First up, on an all-new weekend rental podcast, Ryan and Andy recap the exciting events of a metalcore concert and hammering nails with the wrong side. That's what she said. Which metalcore concert? We don't know. The wrong side of what? We don't know that either. What we do know is they talked about a whole lot of movies, including Prey, which was fucking dope. The opposite of Predator. Or is it? Find out in Weekend Rental, episode 132. The gamers are ready to pray! Hey! Hey! Next, wireless solutions for your PS2 are always in short supply. But, if you happen to have some PS3, PS4, or even PS5 controllers about, or a boot, as they say in Canada, the fine folks over at Brook Accessories have something that might just make your day. Their latest Wingman adapter allows you to use a number of wireless Bluetooth controllers on your PlayStation 1 and 2, and it works like a charm. As long as you desync, as long as you don't have your PlayStation 4, like running while you're trying to turn it on your PS2 <laughs> with the controller because I kept turning on my PS4 accidentally and be like, ah, yeah, I gotta synchronize this to that one because it's still sitting. anyway, how do I know this? Because I made a video about it. Head on over to the Stone Age Gamer YouTube channel to check out uh, the Brook Wingman for PlayStation and PlayStation 2 overview video starring me and a Brook accessory. Yeah, it sounds really awesome. I would like to play through Legend of Dragoon with my DualSense like I fun. just I just did the PS4 controller and was like, okay, I could sit here and I could do this for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> I could sit here and play some Frogger on my my uh, controllers. PlayStation. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Mm. DualShock 4 was a good controller. DualSense though, that shit's fucking dope. Finally, Chris, who wants a double dose of M I C K E Y M O U S E? You do, obviously. Of course. Damn, talking beat to you. me to it. I was drinking water. <laughs> In the latest episode of the SNES podcast, Greg and Joe look at a pair of Mickey games that follow up Magical Quest. One of them got a cover spot on Nintendo Power, while the other never saw release in the U.S. at all. Learn all about them and how they hold up today in the SNES podcast episode 195, The Great Circus Mystery and Magical Quest 3. 
for all this and more from us and our partners, be sure to keep your eyes on geekade.com. Our friends over at Trog Tech have recently launched a Kickstarter campaign to create new Nintendo 64 console shells, and they need your help to make them a reality. Called the New Fantastic Series, they're looking to create shells in new colors never produced before, like Extreme Green and Atomic Purple to match the officially licensed controllers, Spice to match the orange GameCube, and a whole slew of others that match the original prototype shells, and even some colors that they came up with themselves. The shells have also been modified slightly to make the cartridge slot reach free, and adding an easy-to-cut area in the back to make things like HDMI mods easier to do. If the Kickstarter campaign is successful, Stone Age Gamer will be an official U.S. distributor, which is why we're talking about it here on this very podcast. If you'd like to see what this is all about, just search New Fantastic Series on Kickstarter, or follow the link in the show notes. Check it out. Hi everyone, Dan here. Podcast listening is free, but podcast creation? Well, it isn't. That's why the Geekade Patreon exists. In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support Geekade and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the Geekade Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. And we are back. Uh, so really we're cool going to talk about the stuff. stuff that we've been uh, stuff we've been doing lately. Uh, Mr. Dan, Doctor Dan. So that that is uh, Doctor Dan. Um, I have not played a ton of stuff this week. Um, I'm back to work full time uh, as of uh, this week. Last week we were doing like some training shit, so I haven't had a ton of time to really sit and dedicate um, to video games. I have, however, had the distinct joy of getting daily updates from my daughter Katie on how things are going in her cult. Because uh, we have a lot of dogs, and we have an outside. And dogs do things outside that you can convince children to clean up if you buy them the Cult of the Lamb. And uh-huh. so far, she fucking loves it. Loves I hear it's quite good. That game. So I'm, I'm going to try to start it sometime this week. Obviously, I won't be able to talk about it Um uh, for next week's show because that's a trivia episode um, but hopefully by the next time we are, we're back to our regular, regularly scheduled podcast, uh, podcasting um, I'll be able to talk a little bit about Cult of the Lamb. I've made some more progress in, uh, in Trek to Yomi um, just a really, really fucking solid game. Just a really, really well made um, just side-scrolling adventure game. It is gorgeous um the japanese voice acting is so good 
that you really don't even like obviously you should have the subtitles on so you can hear what they what they're saying and or, or understand what they're saying um but the emotion that they're conveying through through the voice acting is just absolutely fantastic it really does like it makes me want to sit down and and the same way Ghost of Tsushima did go back and watch a, a, like a uh, just a ton of Kurosawa films um which is something that I am want to do as um a dick about movies <laughs> like well you don't know Kurosawa <laughs> aren't you fucking moron um you know which is some shit I've said before uh <laughs> so playing through that um almost finished with the playthrough of uh Arkham Asylum man that game's good I'm really really hopeful for this Gotham Knights game that's coming out I I finally saw today Polygon uh posted an article about the biggest games still to come out in 2022 and somebody else I finally saw them say you know this new Gotham Knights game not starring Batman or at least that's what the marketing would have you believe hint hint wink wink nudge nudge because there's no way they're making a fucking game without Batman it's you're gonna take Batgirl Robin Nightwing and the Red Hood against the Court of the Owls in a video game and you're not going to have Batman that just makes no sense right am I crazy I don't know. I mean, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I think that's kind of the whole point. No, Batman's going to be in the game. He he's going to fucking be in the game. He's going to be the last boss. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, you have to fight resurrected Batman. Ah, oh, he's an owl. Son of a bitch. It's a twist. Um. So just <laughs> trying to finish through that. Like I said, I've just been I've been mostly focused on work. We've spent. A little bit of time. Uh, we watched a couple of movies. We watched. Uh, uh, I re-upped my subscription to Shutter. Um, which, if you are a horror movie fan um, that is not subscribed to Shutter, you are really, really missing out. Uh, they have some really incredible originals on there. We watched one over the weekend uh, called Mandy. Have you heard about this, Chris? The name sounds familiar. It is a a Nicolas Cage flick. Right. Um. Where his uh, his wife is uh, wife girlfriend it doesn't matter his lover is uh, I fucking hate that word that word just feels gross I don't know why I just don't like it um, his partner is uh, kidnapped and murdered by this like weird semi religious musical cult in like the eighties it's fucking strange. And then Nicolas Cage just goes on a war path of revenge, uh, very similar to Beatrix Kiddo, uh, without all the kung fu. And he makes this really ridiculous web. I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was shot really interestingly. Um, Tiff fucking hated it. She was like, oh my god, stop. Um, but Nicolas Cage is making some really interesting choices. That was cool. But the one that we watched on Friday night, that absolutely everybody should watch, that is worth a subscription to Shudder alone is Psycho Gorman. Have you heard of Psycho Gorman? I have not heard of Psycho Gorman. Okay. Imagine, if you will, scenario in which E.T., the plot of E.T., right? Kids find an alien, become friends with the alien. Imagine if the alien that the kids found 
was like Thanos, but really evil and violent. But also fun. But also funny. But also, like, hilarious. The kids find this alien buried in their backyard. These two little kids. They're like early, early teenagers, like late tweens. They find this fucking monster in their backyard. And they dig him up. And he's got... There's this gem on the outside of his coffin called, like, the gem of Praxidice. Or Praxidike or something like that. Doesn't matter. The one who is holding this gem controls this monster. So this, like, 12-year-old girl who is just the very definition of precocious gets the gem. And hilarity and hijinks ensue from there. They fucking, like, give him a crazy name, um, which is Psycho Gorman. That is not his name, but they're like, what about... Like something like Psycho or Goreman, or like, what if we put them together? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's a weird ET Power Rangers, um, trauma films kind of thing, but really well made, like, really well shot and goofy and silly and just as over the top violent and nonsensical as you could be. It is it is the type of movie that if you like Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and you have not seen Psycho Goreman, this is a movie that is a hundred percent for you. It is it, it has instantly jumped up into like that that pantheon of cult classics. It's in the top five. I don't know exactly where it places for me. Like, is it better than Evil Dead 2? Not for me. I saw Evil Dead 2 when I was, like, 14. Like, you don't replace that experience with a movie when you're in your 40s, you know? Yeah. Um, Does it pass Army of Darkness? It might. It might. There's this really wonderful line where, I mean, and he's just as prototypically, like, evil of a villain as you could think of with the deep voice or whatever. Um, They bring him some magazines to read. Uh, because she makes him sit there and not go kill everybody on the planet, and she's like, uh, you know, we brought you some magazines and a TV to to watch, and uh, you know, whatever. And he's, like, I don't want to read magazines, and she's like, oh, but they have hunky boys. <laughs> I don't like hunky boys, or do I? <laughs> like it's just that kind of silly shit. And then, like, an hour later in the movie, his magazine gets destroyed, and, like, in dead seriousness, not my hunky boys! It's so fucking funny. (laughs) It's so good. I just, I absolutely adored it. It's a movie that's so earnest. Psycho Goreman. I mean, they don't say Goreman the whole time, like, it's Gorman, you know, PG, Psycho Gorman. And it, the ending credits music, because this is a, like a total homage to like late 80s, early 90s kind of trauma films, Power Rangers, that sort of stuff. Like the costuming, there's some other crazy villains in the movie that are like total Power Rangers style villains. Um, not with the kung fu and shit, but just the way they look. Um, really interesting, like creature designs. Um, but the fucking ending of the movie, there's a rap song over the credits about Psycho Gorman. Nice. <laughs> Guys rapping. Psycho Gorman, PG for short. It's so fucking good, man. 
It's like Are there a lot of jump scares or is it just gory? No, it's just goofy violence. I don't think okay. there were any jump scares. Good. Because I like, fucking I, hate jump scares. That's yeah, what turns I, me off from most horror movies. I don't care about the gore and I find the mythology all hilarious and amazing. But uh it's the jump scares that usually turn me off. Boy, this is I, a this is something because we just got to the letter oof. P in our podcast. But oh uh, my god, you have already, to do it! You have to. We already to. made our pick. We already made our pick. No, it but, doesn't uh, matter. I might try what and what watch did you pick? Anyway. We all voted to watch fucking Pitch Perfect. Oh my god, no! Watch PG Psycho Gorman instead. Call an audible, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you, this movie is fucking amazing. I mean, it's I'm not. It's tell, terrible. I'm gonna tell Paul and Sean about it. It's so good. I loved every second of it. Every single second of this movie. It is got like if you just like just go with it, you know what I mean? And I I'm telling like it is worth a one month subscription to Shudder just for this movie. And it, it almost breaks my heart that it was like a Shudder exclusive. If this was the type of thing if if this movie was released on Netflix, it's the type of thing that would have sat number one for weeks if not months at a time I cannot huh. recommend this movie highly enough okay I uh, just watched the trailer for it it's uh it's got a look it's so, <laughs> it's just it all really works though it really works like there's a couple moments where you're like mm, that's definitely a rubber suit but like but it definitely works so we've been doing that and then the only other thing that I've really been up to um is I got the novelization um because when I was a kid I was I really liked um novelizations of movies right um you know you go see the movie and then it was forever for it to come out on on VHS at the time mm-hmm. or laser disc if you were fucking ooh look at you you have the laser disc um but if you got the novelization like you could just like you just read it and you go through the story again with expansions and and all of that stuff and it turns out that Quentin Tarantino uh, is a fan of that sort of thing too because he did put out a novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a movie that I really really enjoyed I know it was divisive for some people but if you're a Tarantino fan um like this is what you're getting I don't know what else you were expecting um but I thought the movie was great and I've been uh been just tearing through the uh, the novelization of it. It's awesome. It's just it's it's like, and I understand that for people like Tiff, this is the worst possible way that I could describe this. But it's like listening to Quentin Tarantino tell you the story of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And for me, that is like awesome. I think the only. I don't think I ever read a novelization of a movie. I've read the books that movies are based on before. Like, I was sure, just talking to my friend sure. Joe about reading Jurassic Park after having seen the movie. But, uh... Oh, I know. I that one broke my heart, too, because that scene in the book of Jurassic Park... Spoilers, if you haven't read this 40-year-old book at this point. Um, <laughs> the scene where the T-Rex pokes his head through the waterfall and is, like, uh-huh. searching yeah. for the kids with his tongue... Like that shit still gives me like palpitations. Like I, I, I just like I stop and think of that scene every now and again. I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta sit down. It's like one of the scariest scenes I've ever read in a book. It's so apparently good. they did try to film it too. Did they really? Yeah, Joe was telling me that uh, they um, that they tried to film that scene, but they couldn't make it work. It's such a good scene in that book. Yeah, 
So good. It's so scary. I should reread that book. It's been years and years and years it since is I've read outstanding. it, but I remember really liking it. The Lost World was a really good book, too. Not a great movie, but a really no, good book. No, I didn't care for that at all. <laughs> I didn't read I, the book. Did not to like be the fair, movie in the least. To be fair, I don't believe Michael Crichton wrote any bad books. That guy was really good. Rising Sun is excellent. The Andromeda Strain is excellent. I think my favorite of his is The Eaters of the Dead, which is like this weird little novella. Um, it's very, very short, but man, is it good. Like just real. The only thing he ever did that I don't like was ER, and that's because medical shows scare me. <laughs> they really do. I can't watch them because I'll be like, oh my God, do I have a broken leg? Like anything that happens on the show, I'm like, that is what's happening to me currently. Shit, I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Fuck. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. I can't watch medical show shit. I just can't. Huh. The things you learn. Yeah. All right. That's it. Punching out, Maverick. All right. Let's see. Uh, first, I have to say that I went to go see the Dragon Ball movie with my friend Jim. Uh, it was the first time I've seen a Dragon Ball movie in theaters, and it was wonderful. And I felt like a little kid the whole time. That's awesome. Uh, it was. <laughs> Dragon Ball Super Superhero which is a really ridiculous name <laughs> that's uh, really bad we went to go see the the uh, the subtitled one too we didn't even go to the dub we were like nah if we're gonna do this let's do this and like I swear to god I used to go with Jim uh, we had Jim on the show a while back he was the yeah. voice actor who was a friend of mine um, and he's been doing really great with his voice acting stuff too apparently he's got he couldn't tell me what it is because he's under NDA but he's got like some sort of audition going with some sort of triple a game or something like that that he's, oh, that's he's awesome. really excited to hear for us to hear about but uh you know anyway uh me and jim we used to go to atlantic city and go to this shop where we would buy like the bootleg taped off tv dragon ball z episodes that were like yeah for sure because you know we were watching the show as it was airing here in america but like it was the show was already done in Japan, so we're watching like uh, Majin Buu stuff and the Janemba movie and whatnot, all with these like weird subtitles and stuff. Oh my god! So when the movie starts up and that whole uh, the I think it's the Shueisha logo with the the waves coming over the rocks and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing that on a movie theater screen was like, oh, oh man, <laughs> this is so cool. And just you know, hearing those voices and uh, on coming out of the movie theater speakers and everything and god the movie was ridiculous it looked really cool too i was pretty unsure about the animation when i first saw the trailer for it yeah it's not it's not hand-drawn animation it's like a cg style but it it worked really well they wound up being able to do some cool stuff with the fights that they couldn't really do as well with like camera pans and stuff during doing hand-drawn animation and like all the the recycled animation like when they get real close and fight they just re recycle yeah. animation real quick like there wasn't really any of that in there and it was like it was a b-team movie which was great yeah. they they put goku and vegeta out of commission right in the beginning and they did it in the best way possible all right so i'm gonna spoil the shit out of this because i know you don't care no so anybody who's listening if you don't want to hear about the dragon ball movie so right in the beginning of the movie <laughs> Uh, they're off in like the other world. They're they're hanging out with Broly and whatnot because this takes place after the last Broly movie. And Whis is like, "All right, you two got to fight because uh, because uh, Vegeta's trying real hard to train his mind." And Goku's just like, "Whatever, fighting's fun." 
And uh, <laughs> so we said, all right, you fighting. two fight, but you can't use any of your powers. Like, no key blasts or anything like that, no flying, just fight. Just straight up fight. <laughs> and they start fighting, and then that's the last you see of them, because, like, Bulma tries to contact them about the big, crazy, world-ending shit that's happening on Earth, but there was, like, a, a bucket of popcorn landed on top of his staff thing, so he couldn't see that they were being called. That's Naturally. the stupid, flimsy excuse why they were out of play <laughs> the entire movie. <laughs> and that shit was great. That's awesome. So it was just Piccolo training Pan, which was adorable, and uh, it was like Piccolo and Gohan, and eventually Krillin joined in with like teenage Goten, Gohan and, and Trunks. I'm sorry, Goten and Trunks, and like it was them fighting this like crazy world-ending nonsense uh, that turned out to be like an alternate version of Cell that was like really stupid but way more powerful and totally out of control. And Piccolo and Gohan got new forms, and they were. <laughs> Piccolo's new form was amazing. Gohan's new form was kind of silly looking, but it doesn't doesn't fucking matter because like at the end of the movie, <laughs> Gohan did a Makan Kosapo and it was like my heart. He's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's never done that before." It was so cute. And then, the, then there was a post-credit scene that just like cracked my shit up because like we're sitting there watching it's like, "Yeah, Dragon Ball doesn't really do post-credit scenes, but we just wound up talking about shit over the credits." And then the post-credit scene shows up and it's Goku and Vegeta are still fighting. But they're like almost asleep because they've been beating the shit out of each other without like their superpowers for hours. <laughs> and eventually, they like do these really slow, like weak slaps at each other. And eventually, Goku falls down first. And Vegeta's like, I finally did it. I beat Goku. <laughs> it was the best possible ending. I loved it so goddamn much. Very we were smiling uh, ear to ear. Just that's awesome. So happy. Very similar movie. to the uh, the Bruce Campbell post credit scene in Multiverse <laughs> yes. of Madness. Yes, just, just perfect. Like it's perfect. It's yeah, exactly that was, what had what it should have been. It was it was marvelous. That was so that's happy. awesome. Uh, but sticking with movies, the most important thing that happened today was the weird trailer dropped. Did oh, the weird this? Al Yankovic? Oh my god. I'm so excited. I was so excited. Now I'm way more excited because I didn't yeah. know what to expect out of this movie. I thought it was going to be like the Weird Al story. Like a biopic. biography of Weird Al. Yeah. A biopic. But it's completely spoofing. Insane. <laughs> biopics they are because of course they are exactly of course they are and it doesn't uh, it, take place in reality at all no. there's a whole plot about weird Al having a giant crazy affair with madonna it's oh. beautiful yeah <laughs> he's he talks like daniel radcliffe until he starts singing and then it's literally weird Al singing. <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical that fucking just that little bit where he's talking to his roommates and he pulls out the accordion and he does the my bologna thing for the first time dude literal chills (laughs) so fucking good oh my god it looks amazing so excited so excited dude daniel radcliffe he's going for the fucking oscar this year like chris evans and scott pilgrim (laughs) fuck man Oh, that just looks just looks amazing. Uh, so this was fun that happened today. Remember the Battletoads vinyl thing that had been going on? 
My Battletoads yeah. final had one divot in the exact this one spot, and they sent yeah. a replacement disc that took like three weeks to get here, and it had this another spot in the exact same spot. Yep. I got my got third, third record one? today. It's got Please the same it spot on it. Oh. It's the same thing. I took, took it out of the sleeve, popped it on the record player, it started skipping in the exact same spot, held mm. up to the light. Holy shit, there's another divot in that exact same spot. And they told me that this wasn't an intentional thing. And it makes sense, because if it was intentional, it's wrong. It skips <laughs> in the wrong spot. So yeah. I'm thinking, all right, Maybe my record player is oversensitive. So I'm in my garage. I got my backup record player, right? I bought a new record player <laughs> not that long ago because, like, my old, my original one was out of, my nice one was out of commission for a long time. So yeah. I bought, like, this yeah. backup record player and we store it in the garage. So I pulled that thing out. I was like, this thing is new. All right. It's got very good skip protection, skips the exact same way because it's a literal divot. It's not a scratch. There's a bump in there. So yeah, I took a I, there's picture. There's nothing you of, can do. I took a picture of all three of them, circled the divots, and this time I was a little less nice about it. I'm still being nice, but I was like, you said in the last email that you were going to check this one, that you were going to take this and you were going to play it. You were going to test it before you sent it out. Now, I've tried this... I've tried this on two different record players. I'm not crazy. You didn't test this before you sent it. How many of them are out there like this? Because... You've now sent me three in a row with a divot in the exact, exact same spot, which makes me think that when you pressed this record, an entire set of pressings happened with this bump in it. Because that's the, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. It, it, I mean, unless they're just doing it to you on purpose, which, which would be really shitty. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm so fucking confused by it. But they haven't gotten back to me yet today. But I, I'm like, this is a really quality thing. I am 8-bit does not make bad quality shit, all right? Like, I'm not... I'm confused. And yeah. by the time... Now we're on the third copy. Like, if I was working there, I would be like, we should probably look at the rest of our stock and see what's going on with this because this is problematic. And yeah. I gotta know if... The, I wouldn't wonder if anybody else is having this issue. I should probably, like post it on Twitter or something, see if anybody else has the Battletoads disc and if they have the skipping problem there, because the last time I sent him an email, I sent him a video of the pause music playing in the game, too. Yeah. It's like, this is what it happens on the record. Now, if you were intending this to be there to skip so the pause music plays forever, you did it wrong, because it's skipping, it's not looping, it's it's not on rhythm. It skips. Now, this is what it sounds like in the game, and it looks like there's more, you know, record past the divot. It's an incredibly short track, so it's like... Yeah. It's hard to tell, but it looks like the intent was that the whole song was supposed to be there and then stop at the end of the di- side one. It fucking right. doesn't. What the hell? <laughs> mm. On mm-hmm. the other side of the spectrum, uh, I saw last week that um and i can't remember the name of the company but jeremy Parrish had posted that he had pre-ordered um something that came in the mail it was the double dragon soundtrack on vinyl mm. uh double dragon one and two the nes versions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like it looked amazing so i went to the site and i was like holy shit this does look great and it's readily available like it's you not just sold go out get it. so i just ordered one and it showed up today like a couple of days later 
and it's so fucking good. It sounds great. The first, the Double Dragon ones, like I said, it's full game on one side, full game on the other side. Cause the soundtracks aren't very long. Yeah, uh, Double Dragon one sounds a little tinny, but whatever. I was really here for the Double Dragon two soundtrack anyway, and it sounds wonderful. I listened to it like two or three times today, uh, and the 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 it comes with this gorgeous slipcover. Um, I gotta show this to you. Uh, I'll throw a I'll throw a picture in the show notes or something. I don't know, but you'll appreciate this slipcover. It's gorgeous. So like inside the uh, the rec like the actual sleeve that it comes in is um it's got this like new artist like a new rendition of the covers for Double Dragon 1 and 2 the NES games so it's got those box arts like redrawn mm. which is really nice looking that but is this, gorgeous god damn so it's all this wonderful gold foil and uh, it's double sided so like the back of it has a dragon facing the other way and it says Double Dragon 2 um, so I just put that sleeve over. That's that lives there. That's <laughs> as that's well how that's should. going. On. As nice as the artwork on the inside is, and it is very awesome. The inside of that looks great. Nothing tops this. No, this that's great. Ornate, gorgeous dragon, and I freaking love these soundtracks. But each one of them has at least one song that I genuinely don't like listening to. It's mm. like the Double Dragon Two one has the. Um, I think it's the first time you fight the shadow boss. Like it's towards the very end, and it's just this weird, real, little, obnoxious, re- repetitive track. And I was like, yeah. "You really, you didn't need to put this on here, guys." I get that <laughs> this, you put the whole soundtrack. It's technically you didn't have to. This <laughs> could have been an email. And in Double Dragon One, it's like the level three theme. The level uh, mission three is great, but then you get to this weird part where it goes. It's like, yeah. What were you thinking? What happened here? But yeah. regardless, wonderful vinyl experience. So that made me that made me super happy. Ellie's been obsessed with Kirby's Buffet. They're still playing that game almost every day, which is great. That's uh, awesome. We've been playing a lot more Fall Guys uh, since we have two Switches. We've been doing the multiplayer. Me and John, where we both uh, kind of get. Not, we're not doing teams. We did that a couple of times. We were like, we're kind of holding each other back. Let's let's just play together and see how far we go. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know that's been that's been pretty fun. I missed the Splatoon three thing because we were out doing um, stuff for John's birthday. Uh, sure, we took sure. him to this like dinosaur outdoor thing with all these giant animatronic dinosaurs which was super cool and then we took him to uh the drexel museum of something something yeah and saw real dinosaur bones and his face when we walked into the room and saw real t-rex skeleton he lost his freaking mind Uh, it's it's a shocking experience the first time it is and it's like it really shouldn't ever get old it does yeah it shouldn't if you see it all day every day you get used to anything but like the magic of a museum like is still there and they were doing this cool bug thing it was like a a bug extravaganza while we were there so these tables everywhere set up with these like bug exhibits that they had people explaining everything on and it was really cool because he's like I know this one. We caught this in Animal Crossing. And like oh, he wow, knew things about awesome. them because so all these things that we caught in Animal Crossing, stag beetles and the the crazy atlas moths, they had those there. And he was like, Wow, that really is what that looks like. This is like being in the museum in Animal Crossing. I'm like, I know, dude, it's a museum. And he's like, This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. 
Um, but yeah, because of that, we missed the Splatoon 3 thing. But, you know, whatever. I'm buying the game anyway. I don't care. <laughs> it was really good. It Katie was cool. showing me a bunch as she was playing it. She was really, really happy with it. I heard the three-way stuff is very uh, chaotic, and I'm I'm all yeah. for it. I, I can't wait to get it on some Splatfest and play the single player. Um, played a little bit more Stray. Um, I'm getting used. To, I'm getting used to it now that it now that I understand what the game is with the talking yeah. and the mysteries and stuff. I'm getting used That's to. That's what it. I said. Like it yeah, it it's it has good. its own charm and it and it hooks you. Yeah, it it is. It is very very good. Uh, I will say that this. So I posted. I put put on Twitter. Um, you know what they should do for the Mortal Kombat 30th anniversary is release like a perfect version of Mortal Kombat trilogy. That's yeah. what they should do because finally, <laughs> after all this time, they should. The N64 one has no loading time, but it has great visuals and um, it's missing characters. The PlayStation and Saturn versions uh, have more characters, etc., but the loading time is unbearable. Yeah, during the, like during the game, you punch somebody through a roof. There's loading time. Yeah, God it's bad. forbid somebody picks Shang Tsung. There's loading oh, time God. for every tran- uh, transformation. It, there, there's no perfect version of it. No, and I was like, that's what they should absolutely do. And then somebody replied, "Oh, you mean this?" A couple of days ago, <laughs> it was like a couple of days or a week ago. Mortal Kombat trilogy showed up on Steam, and it's and they didn't make any fanfare about it. And it was like, is this just the DOS version again? No, it's not. It's the freaking perfect Mortal Kombat trilogy. It's on Steam right fucking now. (laughs) Right. Amazing. God damned now. I was watching a couple of playthroughs of it, and I was like, I want this. I want this on console because I don't have a Steam account, and I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not 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 playing it on my computer. Yeah, I'm not not doing that. I want to play it on my home console. I want it on switch or ps4 or xbox or put it on atari vcs for all i care i don't care i want it on a console that i can sit and play on my tv because i'm not a pc gamer guy but that exists now there's a perfect version of mortal kombat trilogy i'm so happy i put so much time into mortal kombat trilogy i had the n64 one and i was upset that i didn't get the alternate costumes like that was a huge bummer to me but the um the fact that it what that I that I played the PlayStation one and I was like oh god these the fact that the boss characters are here is playable because that was the other thing they would miss was missing the boss characters like yeah 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 come on that's so cool but the loading time killed the PlayStation one so I I happily took the sacrifice of the of the the characters and the costumes for the loading time like I happily took that sacrifice. Um, and I've just played a metric shit ton of Mortal Kombat trilogy on N64. Absolutely loved it. It's an awesome game. Like as as ridiculous as Mortal Kombat has got now, um, ridiculous is probably the the wrong way to put it. But as, as much it's as it different. has gone away from the game that you and I love, mm-hmm. um, man, like old school Mortal Kombat is just it's just great. It's just great. Yeah. Everything before 4, I have a real love for. I just love them. I mean, Mortal Kombat 3, a little less so, but Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 fixed a lot. I mean, they made Mortal Kombat without the ninjas, and like, come on, guys. I mean, just just <laughs> name me a better character in the history of video games than Striker. It's the greatest <laughs> character ever. 
Noob Cybot. <laughs> I fucking love it. I just, I love how self-referential it was. How, like, they were video game developers that seemed to understand that they were part of something fun. Yeah. You know, like, this is fun. It's ridiculous. It's over the top. It's sensationalized in a way to make it so absurd. Molina is gonna fucking spit out 18 rib cages. You right? know what I mean? Like, I it's love just the Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 insane. where the explosions just got, like, there's, there's at least eight bodies here. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least eight. At the very least. Since one like dude the, exploded into a way more bones the than should be there. Babalities and fucking friend, friendship. Friendship. <laughs> it's just fucking awesome. Yeah. Love they were just, just love those classic games. Four was fun for a weekend, and then I never got into any of the more modern ones that just... Yeah. They're just I'm very nothing different. against them. They're very different. They're just They're not, very different. They have a very different kind of appeal, but... Alright, so the real stuff that I want to talk about. I bought three games on Switch. Uh, did I talk about... I talked about Yars Return... Uh, Yars Recharged last week, right? That Yes. Got around to? Yeah. Did Played you? a little yeah. more of that. It's I wonderful. think you did. Yeah. Either way, Yars, I got Yars recharged on Atari VCS. It was fucking great. Uh, so sometime last week, I saw a couple of things that were on my uh, wish list went on sale, as well as a game that Mike Sheridan told me about a while ago that I completely forgot about. So I picked up Snakey Bus, Rainbow Laser Disco Dungeon, and Daddish. I've seen Daddish a bunch of times and thought about it. All right. Never pulled well, the trigger. Snakey Bus is fine. It's really weird. It's very stupid. It's um it's a bus. <laughs> it's like like crazy good. taxi. It's a good start. But like yeah. the bus has like a bunch of buses connected to it, so it's like a snake. It's a snaky bus. Sure. And you just kind of no. ride around this ridiculous concoction of a bus without <laughs> crashing and picking up people and dropping them off at their destinations. It's weird. I haven't really got the hang of it, but it was two bucks. I'm glad I bought it because it's fucking weird. <laughs> Rainbow Laser Disco Dungeon is like a love letter to Robotron 2084. Nice. It took me a minute to get used to it, but once I did, it's very freaking cool. I'm probably not going to play a ton of it, but it's one of those really fun pick-up-and-play arcade-style things. Twin-stick shooter. Good time. But it's not anywhere near as good as Yars Recharged. So Sure. But it's still really cool. Very Robotron. Like, the visuals, everything are very, very, very reminiscent of Robotron 24. In fact, I think the game takes place in specifically 2084. So it's like... Also, the name is Rainbow Laser Disco Dungeon. So. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a a, a, a hard a, a hard thing to pass up. Yeah, that was kind of great. It was also on sale for two bucks, so I bought it. And then I saw that Daddish was on sale, also, I think, for two dollars. And I watched the trailer, and I was like, alright, Mike's been playing this it's super cheap. The trailer made me laugh. I'm buying it. And I fucking love this game. Really? I fucking love this game. And you will love this game too. And huh. not because of the gameplay. The gameplay is 100% fine. It is, it is good. It's just a very basic platformer about getting from point A to point B. Uh... Like Meat Boy, kinda, but it's got really tight controls. It's not doing, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's not doing anything insanely creative with the level design or anything. It's just really good, solid platforming. 
but the writing is unfucking believable. You are a dad radish. Yes. And all of your a little kid a dadish. And all of your little kid radishes ran away. And they fucking talk to you like weird ass kids. <laughs> when every single time you find them, you have a little conversation with them. And every single time it's fucking hilarious at worst. At worst, it's hilarious. At best, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. All right. I, I'm just, I, I, I got to find one to, to, to mention. Like, I'm just going to watch a video here, and he's going to go, and he's going to save this, this radish. And the dad, uh, hi, dad, you found me. You hadn't really gone very far. <laughs> Out of all your children, I am definitely the laziest. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and that's the conversation. Nice. Absolutely fuck and like they get um so like I you know, I fought a boss and uh all right so like the 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 island level and so you get to the end of it and these like pizza monsters are trying to get you. Naturally. And so you go and cuz all the bad guys are fast food. Hey, did Naturally. you see those little pizza guys? I I did. Yes. They're pretty great. They tried to kill me. <laughs> pretty great <laughs> that's the conversation and nice. I got to this boss and the bosses are all just completely insane and I don't mean like I mean their personalities are completely nonsensical insane they just yell shit at you and um like the second boss was a giant pizza piece of pizza hi dad what are you doing here looking for my stupid children mostly <laughs> any luck finding them <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so, like, you get to the boss, and, uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. You get to the pizza boss. Hi there, I'm Daddish. Have you seen my stupid children? <laughs> I am Hot Dog, second henchman to Lord Dunark. Now, this is a giant piece of pizza, mind you, with an eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> he says, your name is Hot. With an eye patch. With an eye patch. Your name, <laughs> your name is Hot Dog? Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> I am hot dog. Prepare to die. Righto. And then you start the boss battle. <laughs> nice. This game is fucking hilarious. And the artwork is so charming. And I just love it. It's super short. I'm on the last world right now. I think there's only four worlds, but there's three games so far. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, like I, I said, I've seen, so it, I've seen it a few times and been like, I don't know. I feel like this is my kind of stupid it definitely is. The humor will crack your shit up. Just the way he talks to his children and the way they, they respond. Like, <laughs> what are you doing in this cave? This is my home. I live here now. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> and then you go home. Because it's like this dad, this dad is, is fucking fed up with, with his kids who ran away. <laughs> He's just had enough of their shit. He's just had enough of their shit. It's wonderful. I as a dad, I appreciate this game so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and that's uh that's it. That's 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 the number one thing I had to talk about. Dadish. Nice. Just just outstanding stuff. So Yay. Alright. Alright. Um, well in our very short episode that's an hour and a half long. <laughs> yeah, well short yeah. for us. Yeah. Alright. That is but our starting, show. starting next week. No right. fucking limits, baby. Five-hour podcasts. 
<laughs> don't strap make, in fuckers don't make promises i can't keep <laughs> all right everybody to go to bed on friday night we'll just wake up and the kids will wake up and we'll just still be podcasting we'll just still Great. be it'll still be recording i will fall asleep at the mic and you're just telling dad jokes all night long <laughs> i like it totally doable totally all right, join us next week when Dan and I will be tackling the promised trivia time, but sadly, not with Square Painter and Tiny Ninja. They were not able to match up with our new schedule, so in their stead, we will have my friends Paul and Sean from A Theater Near You. Uh, that is my movie podcast I mentioned earlier, and they are some of my oldest friends. Will either of them be able to topple Dan's trivia supremacy that he contested last week, and I still say that he is supreme? Oh, well, you know, somebody we'll has find to out. say I'm supreme. I, I say it. I think it all night long. We are on most social media platforms, and if you want to get in touch with us, we aren't very difficult to find. All it takes is a quick look at our show notes, and you'll see links to our social media accounts, as well as all manner of other fun stuff, like a link to our namesake, StoneAgeGamer.com, the aforementioned Geekade Patreon, which helps keep this show running week after week, and more useful links than you can shake a joystick at. This show's theme song, Squared Roots, was written by Banjo Guy Ali. You can learn all about his wonderful music and more by following the link to his YouTube channel, also in the show notes. And finally, as always, we'd like to thank our intrepid editor, Evan for making this show listenable for all you folks we'd like to thank all you folks for listening in the first place that's it everybody on behalf of Dan and myself keep playing games <laughs> <laughs>